With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night, this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the acid of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your gym, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you got me. Now look at that guy. You only fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Oh, shit! Welcome back to Yakuza Kick Radio again. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Um, man, fuck. Um... It's everything again. I'm not even going to say it, but um, here we go. So life, um, what's been going on since the last episode? Um, and why, maybe can't you even find the last episode? Well, since the last episode, um, I received a cease and desist from my former employer at AHS. Now, the thing about that is is they didn't even um, – they didn't even – place that cease and desist based on the podcast that had already been distributed 
they based the cease and desist on a post that I made on Facebook because I had a lot of people on the, on that one Facebook that was that were you know just kind of hanging out there and then reporting back whatever they felt they wanted to go run tell you know what I mean and it, it's you know it's part of life that's kind of what you're gonna get and like I said from the start like I'm putting this stuff out there and I'm not hiding it from anybody but. You know, if you're trying to make an impact or you're trying to get things known, telling the wrong people first, it's just going to, you know, make them want to react. It's going to make um, whatever their backlash be happen before any of the, the right people hear about it. If you're trying to get a word out there about something that, that hasn't gone well or, or that went terribly, you would want the right people to know about it because you want positivity to grow you don't want to keep battling back see that's the thing is like i've seen so many people be disgruntled in the workplace and they keep attacking and attacking the workplace you know all of this was going on like through the entire time while i was going through this and in my disability and seeing all the terrible things going on and having to bite my tongue all of this went on while i had complete access to I believe over 200,000 people that they have on their Associated Humane Society Popcorn Park Facebook page. And when they would post cat videos and cat success stories without my name even being brought up, I mean, I got the screenshots of all the praise that they would heap on me, the public that knew of us, AHS, the ones that followed our story, the ones that saw the things that I did through success stories that we shared over the years. So when you see that like those people are very accessible to me and I, I'm not vindictive where suddenly I put a post up and on your page, cause I could have done all of that. I'm not the guy. I'm not that guy that's going to go out of my way to comment on your posts to, you know, deter people from doing this and argue with person a and person B. I, I don't want any part of that. I've endured, 21 years of a very, very difficult mental struggle, six days a week of working, giving everything that I had, and the end result being I got cancer, and then they just bulldozed what I loved the most. They made working with cats a thing that's not happening anymore. If they're there for any length of time, they got to go, and they don't care where they go. They could rephrase that. They could shine that up any way they want. The difference is, is for 21 years, I carried out what their mission statement continues to be. My, my mission statement was to keep these cats safe, to do everything I can for those cats within the limitations because shelters, again, are very limited depending on their situation. When we worked so hard to get our situation where it was so manageable that every cat that came in that building had a chance, that, that set a different standard. That's not me taking credit for anything. That's just saying a lot of hard work and a lot of effort and a lot of learning what, what didn't work. And honestly, we lost a, a township contract that was huge in overcrowding us. You know, there, there's so much wrong with animal welfare and the way things are going. And, you know, there needs to be more organizations, not a few organizations handling all the animals. It's unreasonable. People need to step up, and there needs to be more organizations. There needs to be 
an assurance that these organizations are going to carry out things in the right fashion. Because if they do, they'll keep good employees. I've seen countless, countless good employees come into just our little Fork and River shelter that were discouraged by the way that animal shelters are run. They were scared away. Some of them stayed years. Some of them stayed hours. The, the result is you get the bare minimum. You get people that will just go with the flow of this machine and get cold to different parts of this. It, they'll turn their back on cats that can be turned into house cats and loved members of the family. And I have just way too many pieces of proof on that. I, I, it's, it's, in, it's not debatable for me, you know, because – I put in all of these years of doing that, and I could tell you Legend's story, and I could tell you Shotzi's story, and I could tell you Wolverine's story, and I could tell you – like, the list goes on and on. I could just rattle off names, like, of graduation. But the fact is I, I have videos. I have pictures. I have the stories. I work six days a week. Someone can't come in casually and be like, he's lying. Get out of here. This isn't me having a bad experience at the store and coming home and rallying against the corporation. This is me dedicating my life for 21 years to an organization and making better within that organization. And, and, and undisputably, because you go look at the euthanasia records. You go look, and it's public record. Go look at Popcorn Park euthanasia records. You go look at New, Newark AHS Popcorn Park um, Tinton Falls, and you'll know yearly euthanasia records exactly what I'm talking about. So when you see Newark's were sky high until Jerry came in, well, that's because, again, the, the, the cats started just going elsewhere. These weren't beautiful, wonderful, excellent avenues that were always available, and then they just discovered them. They were things that we knew better than. We knew they weren't viable options, and with the massive intake that they continue to take in, it resulted in massive euthanasia. They knew about all the avenues. They knew about everything. They didn't run campaigns to, to shed a good light on cats being thrown in streets to control rodent populations. This is a real thing that's being done. They're, they're really publicizing pro-cats controlling rodent populations in cities that are overcrowded by rodents. The, the result of that is not a good life for a cat. You point out the part of that city that looks awesome for a cat to live in, a human to live in, really fucking anything to live in, where you see the rats running the most. Tell me that that's an opportune place for an awesome cat to live, drinking out of shitty fucking puddles, getting fucking kicked by people if they're close enough. You know, diseases everywhere. Cars everywhere. You know, there, there's no, there is no life out there like that for cats. That that should be lived. That that's not right. And they're they're publicizing this. There was um, recently, and you know, there's so many of these things that you could just connect together, and you just look and you go, well, there's being like pretty highly publicized in the New England area. Their rodent problem is like the uh, garbage collectors are being hailed as heroes because like what they have to endure to just pick up the garbage in the morning is insane. You know, they really, they, they a hundred percent are putting their lives at risk because they have some of these rats are carrying diseases and they don't know which can they're going to grab. That one's going to come flying out at them just trying to defend themselves. But in the same token, they're trying to get out of the way and you might get bit in the process. You know, not that these 
you know, I mean, some rats are pretty aggressive, but most of the time it's, it's, you know, fight or flight. And if you get in the way of their flight, you're getting bit, you know, that's just kind of what it is. And this is a, this is a big thing. This is a real thing that's going on out there in the same breath. I'll tell you that AHS is using shipping cats to Massachusetts in large numbers as an avenue to clear Newark shelter of cats in such an excess that they've found like they have to get the cats out of Forked River and Tinton Falls too. And like I said, I don't know for sure exactly where these cats are going. All I know is hundreds upon hundreds of cats that had nowhere to go before suddenly all have answers and it's not really going to be. See, the thing is, is like if you suddenly were able to save a thousand cats, that you weren't able to the previous year, wouldn't you be all over every news? Wouldn't you be on fucking Ellen and, and everything else is like a miracle worker? Well, not if the shit you're doing is dirty. Not, not if the things you're doing really shouldn't be publicized so much. Not if you're continuously telling the employees on the inside of your own company that they, they should keep it quiet. Clearly, it, it's, it's not on the up and up. And all I'm doing is outlining stories of things that have happened. This is why, like, you know, I, I, I wasn't looking to comb through every sentence I said on the last podcast and figure out whether I could be held legally accountable for this and that. Because as I'll, I'll, I'll outline everything in this podcast, then um, I, don't, I don't have the fucking I, – I can't imagine sitting in fucking court with this shit. But in the same token, I, I can't imagine them winning, you know, um, a court case that's going to be fought about this, if if there is to be one, is going to be on my behalf. It's not going to be because they're they're putting me in my place because I I I said something to hurt their. I, I'm only speaking fact. I don't have time for making fucking stories up. If you can see my life on a day to day basis and the shit that I've been going through for the past year now, if you really think making up stories is my new fucking avenue, I, I, I'm not really sure who you're looking at or or if you even know me at all. Because my, my life has never been, especially, you know, in the very unapologetic post-drinking, I wasn't very apologetic during drinking either, but at least I can stand behind the things that I've done after I quit drinking, which July will be 10 years. Um, I was able to stand behind my actions after that, make apologies where I needed to, but stand behind the things that I was proud of and continue to build on it. And that's that's how I've just set myself up. So doing that, I, I just don't see where, you know, oh, well, this guy who's always brutally honest, uh, he, he's totally lying. I mean, all right, then. I mean, prove that. Again, I, I received the cease and desist, and um, I put the other podcast that I did on private just because, again, I don't know if I worded something wrong that somehow got a loophole in it or, you know, this and that. So I move cautiously going forward and making sure that I, I, I stick to direct things that I have, I have witnessed, uh, you know, different things that I have, I have evidence to, um, you know, and just try to just speak facts. I mean, which is all I've ever done. But again, like I, I get rolling and I just say what I'm saying and none of it is, is false. But I don't know law. I, I don't. I don't know fucking law and, and what you can and can't say. Obviously, over the years, I've said a lot of stupid shit on this podcast. So, you know, I mean, call it what it is. Um, so yeah, I, I just, 
you know, that that whole the whole thing is just ongoing and consistent and I do my best to kind of like push that shit down. You know, every once in a while I try to, you know, get some and it, this is every once in a while, I mean like a couple of times a week. I usually try to push some information out there and keep um you know, awareness of of the things that have happened. You know, but it's it's me reliving these things as well and it's very traumatic. So, um, you know, that happened. Um, if I missed any part of that, I, I don't know. I mean, I told you last time, my brain is just very scattered. The things I'm getting hit with and the consistency of it is, is just, uh, it's, it's pretty startling. Um, so, um, next thing is, uh, ex-drinking buddy of mine, Melanie. Um, she, um, so she died. She was 40 years old. Um, her liver I guess shut down and uh, they took her off of, uh, you know, assistance and uh, she died the next morning. I had only really heard about this, you know, third, fourth, fifth hand, whatever. Someone sent me a text from work and uh, because she used to work there. Um, But, um, yeah, she she was my, my drinking buddy for a while, but I also knew Melanie since she was like 13. Um, I was like, I don't know, uh, so I'm 45 now. I'm not sure if the months overlapped, you know, sometimes it's like a four-year span, but it looks like five on paper, you know, shit like that. Depends on what time of year, you know, whether you're five years or four years. So, you know, you figure I was, now I wasn't quite 18. I definitely wasn't. I I was more along the the 16, 17, and she would just kind of hang around. Like, she she lived in the neighborhood. She lived couple blocks away and she would hang around more friend of a friend kind of thing like I don't think she would really come to my house like or anything it was more uh she'd just be around other people and we you know she would be smoking cigarettes and every you know kids were all bumming cigarettes from each other back then fucking teens and things have gotten better I I, I could definitely say that just through growing and, and knowing my children and stuff things have definitely gotten better um at least in this household um so, um, you know, I knew her like that and, you know, spent many times hanging out back in the day like that. But then, you know, as we got to be adults, when I started uh, working at AHS, when I walked in there, she was already working there. And um, she had been there for, I don't know, a couple months or a year or something like that. And uh, she was there for a while. And then she uh, she saw a greener pasture. She tried to go work for somebody else and um, didn't work out. Melanie, I mean, while she was there, she she really, really latched into that drinking. That drinking really grabbed her in a way. Uh, the stories that came out of Melanie were, I mean, the craziest drinking stories I've ever, ever heard within my circle. You know, everybody's heard something, uh, you know, somebody somewhere did. But as far as, like, people you know, like, what's the craziest drinking story that anyone you know or yourself has been involved in? And, again, I was an alcoholic, so... I had my share as well, but nothing that compared to Melanie. Melanie, um, she had um, a marriage pretty much lined up for the um, the guy she was with was like, uh, you know, just duty. He lived out kind of piney-ish, kind of hippie-ish. And um, he lived out uh, like Tuckerton area. So, but anyway, his parents were going to more or less give them the house, let them get married and just give them the house to, just lived their life and she just spiraled way the fuck out with the alcohol and she would um 
she would drink an entire fifth of Southern Comfort between the hours of like six thirty when she got home from work and like nine. And then go back to the store, either drive or ride a bike or some shit to the store to get another fifth. So by the time this guy got home at like fucking, uh, you know, 12 or 1, whatever time he got home from work, she'd be fucking launching shit. You know what I mean? So she, she was she was off the chain. And um, where we stopped talking is uh, she would hang out at lunch. We would just drink in the yard and... I, I wasn't a bar guy. I was always a home drinker. So, I, you know, we can grab a fucking 30-pack and some hard alcohol, whatever, and we were just, just fucking getting it in in the yard on a regular basis around a fire, whatever. And uh, that was mostly the scene. Um, and, you know, I would have, like, little barbecues and stuff, and, hey, you know, if you want to crash, crash on the couch, you know, no big deal. I don't want you to drive or, you know, put yourself in danger or anything. So, you know. So she had crashed a few times that way, and uh, the one night she crashed on the couch and uh, woke up in the morning. She was gone, but there was, like, a pillow over the couch. Pulled the pillow away, there was, like, a fucking massive fucking wet spot. Like, she pissed the fucking couch. And I, like, fucking called her, like, hey, like, like you could have said something or, like, I mean, it happens. Like, you know, I'm not, like, you motherfucker, like, you planned on doing that shit. Like, clearly, you know, you were fucked up and, like, that's that's not what I want in my house whatsoever. Even you know, being an alcoholic myself, I wasn't like pissing on my furniture. But um, you know, I mean, you get over things. It, it, it's not something that was intentional, and you know, whatever. Obviously, I'm a ball buster, so I mean, that would have came into play. But like, yeah, I, I would have hit the brakes before like you know she was just like embarrassed and fucking horrified. You know, what I mean, like I, I know how to uh, read the room, which we'll talk about in a little bit too, because some people don't do that well. Um, but you know, like she was just like, no, nah, I, I can't hang out with you. I, I, you know, after that, I was like, oh, fuck no, you know. And um, yeah, I still wasn't, I still wasn't sober at all. And I mean, that was still during my drinking days. So I ended up quitting, um, and going about shit as I I went about things. Um, she, I mean, if you thought any of these things were lows. Um, the, the low of all lows came one night when I, uh, read the reports on the internet and there was, it was on the news and everything, but, um, she was arrested twice in one 24 hour cycle for DUI. She got pulled over, um, DUI impounded the car, somehow drove her fucking friend's car to the, to the station in the morning to get her car out. But she was the driver. Like, why not have your fucking friend? Like, I, I don't know. So she drove there. They smelled the alcohol on her and said, oh, so how did you get here today? Oh, I drove my friend's car. They said, oh, okay, cool. When you step over here, fucking second DUI one day. So she did a year in jail for that shit. A year in fucking jail, lost her license for, like, fucking ever. And did a year in jail. Where do you think the fucking first place she got a job is when she got the fuck out of jail? Liquor store. Ride her fucking bike to the liquor store. Man. So, yeah, man, Melanie's gone. And, you know, rest in peace. I mean, that's, it's brutal because it's like you knew this shit was coming. Every time you would hear anything out of her camp was terrible and, 
it was never um i i ended up kind of unfriending her on facebook not kind of i unfriended her on facebook because um she would just do that like drunk shit you know where you just go on facebook and start screaming at the world about some one person you're mad at and like no one knows what you're talking about and you're not even friends with the person who you're talking about so like they can't even hear you and i and i like you know being the smart as i am I made a comment on some of that shit. Like, I don't know who you're talking to, but like, you know, they're not on your friends list. We're all just really confused right now. We would like to help you, but you know, and she got on some like DM me and like really just like fucking got at me. Like, fuck you motherfucker. And I'm like, yo, Mel, like I'm telling you, I've been through this shit. I've deleted so many fucking, uh, you know, conversations and shit in the morning and, and, and had to hit people up and like apologize and, and, you know, the dread that I would wake up in the morning just knowing what kind of shit I might have typed the night before. Like, I, I've been there, Mel. Like, you know what I mean? Just just let me help you through it, you know? I've been there. So, I mean, if you're willing, like, I could definitely be... Don't you ever question my sobriety. Fuck you, motherfucker. I know who you really are. I'm like, yo. So I just had to get away from that, you know what I mean? I, I, I could, you could only try to help so long, and after a while, that... That person that doesn't want to help is going to start hurting you, and it's just a, it's just a terrible fact. But it's a fact. I mean, many people are affected by people who refuse to change because they're they're dedicated to the change more than that person is. You know, um, it's just you know it's really sad when you see it that close up. You know, and when it's that close to home and she's five years younger than me and I was sitting right next to her and drinking just as heavily at the time you know she got way more into the hard alcohol and everything um but I mean it's just crazy it's just real you know surreal to see shit like that and not not for nothing but like her heavy drinking did start at the shelter you know so did mine you know, I, I don't think that's a coincidence at all. I mean, the type of mental trauma you go through with the euthanasia and the, you know, just just life and death of animals that are that are your fingertips at all times. You know, like they're they're right there, and there's so much that you can do throughout your day that alters the way life happens. You know, and it's 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 scary. And then there's there's the you know governing bodies on that can they can just come down and snap their fingers and make decisions on things that they really don't know anything about. They know the statistics. They know, you know, the outside reports that they're hearing that are coming in, but they don't know anything about the moving parts of things. They just want to point their finger and have the operations take place. You know, they they don't know what the the emotional um, battle that you go through being, you know, this this level of caretaker. Because there's levels. There's absolutely levels, and some people aren't built for that shit. They're built for it. But they're built for the McCold version of it, where you write animals off and turn your back on a lot of things and lower your standards to the point where everything is better than nothing, which nothing, you know, nothing is not what I'm fighting for. So, again, that's um, – so that was another really, really difficult thing. Um, real quick, before we get into uh, – because i got a lot of positive things to talk about. I want to get this shit out of the way. Um, and uh, a couple couple more things that we get through here <laughs> together. And uh, after that, um, I really want to, um, you know, get at some just shit talk and positive. I'll play a little song so we could break it up, whatever. I don't even know what I have on my soundboard here. I'll find something. I'm sure I got a couple on there. Um, but, yeah, uh, the next thing I want to just, just mention real quick is, like, 
um, people who interact with me, they might know me from this show and shit. Like, I, I, I think I keep things pretty respectful with, with people that I talk to. I don't, I don't think I directly um, insult them. I mean, if we're talking shit about sports, I think that's another realm, and I think it stays within the realms of sports. Um, but with, with the amount of things that I'm currently going through, um, like, if there's some impulse in you that makes you think that, like, making fun of me, like, actually making fun of the things that I'm pouring my heart into, um, you know, if that if that somehow strikes you as the time to, that, that you can make fun of me, I, I just, I think that's silly. I, I think you're you're reading the room way wrong, and um, I know that people wouldn't dare do that shit in my presence because right now, and I'm not saying this is a tough guy. I'm saying this is a guy who's struggling a lot and can't handle a lot more. And if someone was, you know, um, feeling they they would take their best shot to be a comedian by laughing at my my me pouring my heart out. You know what I mean? In any way, shape, or form. If that, that's the version of what you would like to do, then that's cool. But you're going to be doing it by yourself because I'm not, I'm not feeding into that dumb shit. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not about that life, man. I'm trying to be positive. And I, it, it's going to take a lot of other positive people to help and continue to keep me positive, to keep me uplifted the way that I'm trying to be. I'm trying to uplift other people, and I need people to uplift me. I'm struggling like a motherfucker. So again, like if if like making jokes and shit, where now I'm supposed to now stay within the constraints. Because here's the thing, I don't really have a thin skin, but I'm reactive and I'm vicious, and I don't want to do it. So when people want to go the route of fucking with me, my response to do back already, I'm already in my head going, he's gonna get really fucking upset about that, or he's not gonna like the way I come across about that. But what the fuck is he talking to me like this for? You know what I mean? So it's like, well, well clearly I'm I'm in a, in a space I shouldn't be in then because I already know what the next moves would be, and it wouldn't go well. So I'm just going to distance myself, you know what I mean? Because th- that's the only way to stay positive, again, is to find the other positive people. And anyone who makes you feel like the shit you don't want to feel like, get them the fuck out of there. And that's it. It's as simple as that. Um, the other thing is, like, you know... I've seen, like, a lot of people who I, I was close with over this. And, you know, I understand. There, there are some people that have to be quiet. There are some people that have um, um, conflicts of interest that aren't able to, you know, put themselves out there. Or their job doesn't allow them to, um, you know, put something out there that could be controversial, so to speak, or whatever, whatever it is. Um, but, you know... When I put my story out there and I, I put my video out there for the world to see and, and hopefully understand the struggle that I've gone through. And I, I don't know how much more I can add to it because, again, a 21-year commitment and animals and, and the passion I put into that and then cancer and I have three kids. And I, I don't know how much more you guys need to, you know, show compassion towards that. But um, this isn't like me asking you to share, like, one of my fucking silly puppet videos that I was having a good time with. This, this is me pouring my fucking heart out about my entire life. And if that doesn't mean enough for you to, to spread the word on that, if, if, if it's like weird for you or if it's like awkward or something and it's just not worth the fucking time, then like, I want you to know that I don't think you're a good person. I think you're a scumbag. 
And I don't care who that pertains to. I'm not particularly talking about anyone in specific, but I'm talking about whoever. Because I've seen people with more support over way less. I've seen garbage supported. I've watched bullshit spread all over the fucking internet. I I didn't think the thing that I, I, I really didn't expect during this because I knew all like a part of this was coming based on everything that that took place. But the thing that I didn't really expect as much is is for it to be so hard to get media coverage over this because again I've seen so much bullshit and these viral stars and these nothing people that are just insane covered and famous and not really doing anything. And I only dedicated 21 years to it and then got cancer. So I, I just, that's a little baffling to me. I got to be honest, is that's just a little baffling to me that I just don't have the coverage that I thought I would get as of yet. As of yet, again, I'm, I'm moving only up and forward, so it's, it's only going to get better from here because what are the fucking chances it could get worse? Um, but, you know, it's just, my mindset is changing and I'm moving away from motherfuckers who just don't want to be part of this. And again, like you don't have to, no one has to do fucking anything, but I know if someone else is struggling, I know I'd help them. If I, if I told them I cared about them, I know if I make plans with somebody and I tell them, Hey, I'm be there fucking next week. There's going to be a point where I either have to call you and tell you, bro, I'm not going to be there or, there's going to be, like, me showing up at your fucking house. Because, like, I I don't understand the version that you just, like, forget about somebody existing and being like, hey, I don't know. Oh, dude, I totally forgot. Well, someone's, like, standing there with the fucking screen door open. Standing, oh, is, that, is that his car? Yeah. Like, like, shit like that. Like, I don't understand that person. You know what I mean? So again, it's it's very vague because it, it it means to cover all bases. If I'm not worth the effort, it's cool, but I just remember those things, and I'll just keep that in mind. The more I try to build this positive team, the more I realize what it does and doesn't look like. And that's okay. It's all all right. You know, it has to be. I I'm here for a bigger purpose than the little fucking circle I've been stuck in, and that's that's fine for all of it to go away if it needs to, based on what I need to do and the things that need to start happening in my life. Because again, I still have no income since fucking March and I I don't know what's going on. I have to fucking pay the mortgage in like fucking 10 days or something. And I'm still not sure how that's coming up. I I don't know how the mortgage and electric and and water, we may get assistance for the electric and water um, through some kind of plan or something. Um, and then that'll be taken care of, but still the mortgage is a lot bigger than that, you know, all this stuff, kids and and food and everything, the animals, and it's all, it's, it's suffocating, and, you know, I got like a whatever vested interest shit from the, uh, the work, um, I gotta, I gotta get that moving and somehow on its way back to me. I don't even know how to go about that. I have to go through the the paperwork and start filing all these different things just to get the wheels moving on things. But again, like the mental blocks, so much of what I'm able to do is not that. 
like the mental block of getting into the paperwork and the the numbers and the writing and that shit fucks my head up and puts me at like a standstill and I, and I just fucking crash mentally. I can't stay still. You know, I could run around. I, I I'll plant fucking grass seed. I'll fucking uh this is shit that I did last week. I've been taking care of the chicks. Um we'll get into them in a minute too. Um they're on the positive side of things. Um but taking care of the chicks, taking care of the cats, outside with the chickens, taking care of the garden, working on things there, doing um, laundry, doing, you know, I'm straight up like house dad right now, you know what I mean? And I'm killing it. On on a lot of days, I'm killing it. On, on the other days where the, the mental side takes me down, I can't do shit. I'm still on chemo pills. I don't have, you know what I mean? Like, there, there isn't really an expectation for the place that I'm at for me to be even excelling at the level I am. So... I'm very happy with, with what I'm able to produce out of my situation. So I'll take it as it comes. But again, financially, it's fucking terrifying. You know, it, it's it's some shit that I don't, I don't really know how to make sense of. I don't know uh, what I'm supposed to do next. I'm not even in the, the stage where I should even be working, let alone like, uh, you know, I'll just get a job. But yeah, but like I'm on chemo pills that and the job has me mentally fucked up to have my sleep schedule where... I go to sleep after 3 o'clock every day, and then I wake up at 11, and it's still an eight-hour shift, but it's it's fucking a weird-ass shift, you know? Because when the lights go out at night is when all the fucking thoughts just race through my head, and there's no stopping it, because now I'm not moving around anymore. Now I'm not focusing on these different projects I'm doing. Now I'm, you know, now I'm just in there, and that shit is a hard place to be. This is why, like, even even putting these stories and stuff out, you just you gotta relive it, and it's it just it's grueling. I, I am un, undoubtedly traumatized by this. I I guarantee you, whatever I got going on is PTSD to some extent, because um, that's a long time to do things for and have things happen the way that they did. Um, uh, let me see, what do I got? What else do I got? Well, obviously the other. The other thing that I got to get into um, is my man G's. Um, so for a long time, I, I kept it, you know, since I had heard about it, I had kept it quiet because I knew it wasn't something that he wanted known, but it was something that I, I definitely was impacted by immediately. I wanted to scream at the fucking world about this shit because this is my guy. Like, this is, um. so to give you a history of, of our friendship is I first didn't like him at CCW at all. He like pulled a hat over my face or some shit, like some heel shit. And I was like, fuck all of that. I was pissed. And, uh, I was like, fuck him on every level for a long time. And then, uh, he came on the, I, when I started doing the podcast with Eric, Eric got me talking to him and I was like, I, I think he's, he's a cool dude. And uh, I'm surprised that I feel that way because I really don't like this cat. At least I didn't think I did. And uh, so we just started chatting and shit. And especially after doing the podcast, he would start tuning into the podcast occasionally. And whenever he did, he would laugh at some shit that I had to say about somebody or something. Because, again, like I'm always just kind of brutally honest. And over the years, he he would kind of stay listening, you know. 
and um, we would talk a lot about different stuff in wrestling and, you know, different different stuff, you know, just overall, and then life stuff, and then just, just funny shit, and then just just whatever kind of shit would just get you off whatever you were doing. Pause. Like, whatever got your mind away from the shit you were dealing with. You know, I've been friends with this dude a long time. I've been doing, I just figured out I've been doing this show for 13 years. He was on within the first year of the show. Like, so you got to know that's 13 years of of knowing this cat and, you know, getting to be better friends over the years. But, um, you know, I mean, it, it was, it was that, that progression, you know, that, we had talked through times where I was going through the shit at work. There was times I talked to him, I was going through the shit with the alcoholism. There was times I talked to him and, and regardless of what our conversation was about, it meant the world to me because it was somewhere to go that wasn't where, what I was having to deal with. You know, I got to just bullshit about look how stupid DJ looks or look at this or look at that. This funny shit or this dope ass song or, or this shit, you know? And, and it was just, such a great person to have for that you know we didn't hang out we didn't you know he lives in philly i live in fucking jersey over here like we're we're a fucking hike from each other we ain't driving fucking two hours to hang out kind of shit you know what i mean but and yeah i'm working six days a week and he's got a job and you know it never made sense any uh, on that level but we got along fucking great you know we we talk back and forth and make a lot of the same points and shit like this and it was just just a great dude to always have and talk to so i i cherish this dude as one of my absolute best friends despite like i said not really hanging out with the dude or anything like that um well he got diagnosed with multiple myeloma which is a type of cancer that attacks the plasma cells and it causes fractures in your back well, in your in your bone structure, and it caused fractures in his back. Um, he initially was talking about he had problems with sciatica, and um, I remember him hitting me up, and we were talking about it, and I was telling him the the tens machine. I really swear by those because they're really good for loosening muscles and shit. They sell them for like thirty bucks. You put the pads on your back to do a little shock therapy shit, you know, but it loosens the muscles. Between that and massages and shit like that, like. That's always really good that, to do, like, when you have, like, you know, shit that's hurting, to, to loosen the muscles around whatever's hurting, you know. Um, so I, I had recommended that or whatever, and he was just urgent. He was like, you know, if it shifts in three days, that's too much. Like, I want the one that comes in two days rather than three. Like, so you knew, like, he was really struggling. But that was all I knew was sciatic is really fucking him up right now. And then a few days later, he went into the hospital, and I stopped. Yeah, it went like, you know, every day, every single day we talked to each other. And then all of a sudden it went whew, quiet. And I knew. I was like, oh, fuck. And eventually I heard what happened, what, what was going on, and then just had to just eat it and just wait. And now it's, you know, it's gone public now. Um, but like I said, the the feeling that he was having, the, the sciatica that he, he thought he was having was really, his fucking back was broken. This motherfucker was jumping around on NWA TV with a broken back. He was talking shit in a suit with a broken fucking back. What kind of shit is this, man? You want to talk about bad motherfuckers on this planet? Shit. This, this, you know what I mean? 
You talk about strength. I mean, you look at this cat. This cat was 48 years old doing the shit he was doing. So that that's what the fuck cancer's up against. I got full faith in my dude. My money's on G's. My money's on the church's money. So, yeah, but that, you know, that's another thing that was just really fucking hard. And it's not about me, man. He's got a way fucking more difficult fight than what I had going with me. You know, I had a foot of my colon taken out and couldn't lift shit for two months. But, you know, following that, I've had these these immensely strong days and, and, and positivity and all these things. Man, like, you know, he went from the top on television, fucking lifting all the weight in the world, fucking doing what the fuck he wants to do in that gym. And then just bam. I know what it's like to hit a wall and it's fucking brutal. So I, I was just like hurting for him. Because I just, I just know what it is. And I, I know how to get through it mentally. And it's fucking tough. But we, we got to do this shit. We, we ain't got a fucking choice. What's, what's the alternative? Giving the fuck up? That's going to that's gonna suck a lot for us. Because that's going to be slow, painful suffering. And nobody wants that shit. We're too strong for that shit. Doesn't make sense. So go out there and support my man, G's. And I mean... He's been out here doing this shit for all this fucking time because he loves this shit. He's a responsible enough dude to have worked a regular job to have done shit for his family and not just relied on, you know, bullshit bookings all over the place and kissing anybody's ass. He stayed legit and true to who the fuck he was, and he wanted to do certain things. He wanted to be spotlighted on certain avenues. He's happy as a motherfucker in, in NWA. He got the exposure he wanted. He got... He got to go on there and cut the promos that he was he was so talented at that the shit that you know he grabbed the mic and he he would control the atmosphere. He drew people in. He showed everybody what they were about and what they were doing. They had a whole squad, and he was he was letting everybody know what that squad was about every fucking week. The Tyrus and all of that, you know. I mean it's it's a lot. So yeah, go out there and support G's in any way you can. That's my dude. Um, yeah, let me hit the break. Come back. I'm going to hit the uh, the bullshit after that, I think, because I, I, I think I crossed as much of this shit as I can on this this difficult stuff. Let me scroll down here while I'm talking still and uh, see what kind of shit I got on here. It's just been dramatic in wrestling, which is good for me because it gives me something to do and talk about other than the shit that I'm already dealing with that sucks. So, let's just hit this Scarface. It's the return of the real nigga with real shit. And when the smoke dies down, it's still a nigga left to deal with. This motherfucker standing one deep solo. Exercising parts of the game, both don't know. I bring it to a motherfucker full crop And any motherfucker won't pain I brought the full box Now take you to with these and call me in the road Three times point blank range with no bones Nigga, I'm straight killer Flash for show drama And every motherfucker involved gon' face drama Punk, I ain't no motherfucker rapping a song You bust your caps when you rap But I bust back at your dome Bitch, and this 
So I forgot to mention because with the work shit, um, I I, st- I try to keep everybody's name out of shit as much as I can because I don't I don't want people to suffer for me. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to be the reason why people lose their job or any any kind of shit like this or catch any more um, backlash or at work or anything. You know. But having said that, they fired my friend Chris, um, and. I'm pretty fucking upset about it. I mean, I, I can't, I can't say that I'm surprised by it or that I'm any more outraged than I am about everything else. But it goes right in in line with everything, because this dude is a tremendous fucking cat person. That like, when he came into the shelter, I wasn't so sure I liked him so much. Uh, Got to be straight honest. I just didn't think he was going to be cut out for it. He was talking about being a vet tech. And I felt like that that was coming out of his mouth before we even got rolling on what we were doing. And he he would tell you right now, I'm sure, that um, he would figure out the task at hand was way larger than what his next step was going to be. There was a lot to to take on right in front of him. And um, he learned that. And he immediately adapted to it. And he followed my lead in a way that I did not expect. And, you know, he just did it the right way. I keep saying this, and and I just want people to understand that because whenever people try to tell me, oh, you're magic, or you're this and that, fuck all of that, man. Like all all I am is someone who is legitimately dedicated to doing things for the best of the animal's interests. That's it. That's it. That's all it really is. Is if I got a cat into the shelter, and this is the type of shit that would happen when I first got there they would euthanize cats that they felt weren't friendly enough. And they didn't need a lot of fucking experience or time or any kind of shit. They'd make quick decisions. Ah, this one ain't friendly. Next. And they'd euthanize that at seven days. That the cat didn't make, like, tremendous progress with limited to no effort to change anything. A week later, yep, you're gone. And that's it. And that's how cold it was. You know, when you see that, and then you see the opportunity to say, that same cat is one that, that would have absolutely been on the list. Okay. Let me talk to him and go, hey, I just saw you point at that cat right there. Um, I, I got to talk you out of that, man. Like, that cat's tremendous. And, like, if you just spent that, you know, couple minutes with the cat, you, you're going to notice that this is – this cat is, like, above and beyond friendly. This This cat is really – and then once those things started happening, you're saying, oh, wow, like the way that I was there to represent that cat changed that cat's outcome. And that cat went into a home. So, you know, when these different things happen and whether it takes uh, a days or months or years to actually work with these cats, when the end result is the cat winding up in a home, it's impossible for a new person to step in and tell you, 
it's not possible to do what you think you can do. But, bro, I, I already was doing it. The next cats are, are very similar to what I've already done. And, yeah, we're going to keep doing this. Through my blood, sweat, and tears. Not through ease and taking the easy way out, because the easy way out is what you want. So I'm telling you, as your employee, that I'll work harder to achieve what we strive for. And your response is, fuck all that shit. Go stand in the parking lot and sweep up some garbage instead of working with the cats. And I guarantee you, you're not going to keep the same quality of people there with that new option. It's, it's blatant. It's, it's blatant. It's not just me. It's not just one crazy person. And, and this is the message I keep trying to send is it's not me just trying to battle AHS because I don't want that. I don't, I don't want fucking any of this to have occurred, but these are real things that shouldn't just be kept quiet for the benefit of a company getting money from people who don't think these things occurred, who, who would not fucking like it if these things occurred and I don't like that these things occurred so who the fuck is keeping their secret for why why I understand why you're on the inside and if you say something then uh, you know you're fucked start doing more shit to the animals you love they'll start shipping them more off they'll you know there's just so many layers to this shit that it's just dangerous for people for animals for so many and real change needs to happen and the more change that happens, the more people that are going to want to be involved in it. And there will be more numbers in animal care. People will use animal care now as a stopping place before they go and find better places to be if they're lucky and say that was something they experienced and it breaks their heart. And one day I, you know, back a couple of years ago, I worked for such and such. But they move on because it's too painful. There's no... There's no gain there. there. There's no financial gain there. And the heartbreak is just piled on by horrible procedures and things going in a way that does not benefit the better of the animals. And the best that most people can do is save themselves and get the fuck away from it. So the more encouraging that the animal field is to people who want to do the right thing, the more of the right people that you get involved in it. You're scaring these people away and costing animals their lives. And it's disgusting. So I, I will say to Chris, if he's listening to this, thank you for doing what's right for the cats. It's not about me. It's never been about me. People are now saying that uh, I'm running a cult, which, yeah, that's just a weird fucking thing to say. Like, I just watched this Donald Trump shit, and, like, these motherfuckers are on the side of the road with, like, flags still about some shit that happened, like, four years ago. So at this point, I think they're, like, hoping on time machines, I, you know. But it looks like they're, he's still running for election three years ago. And I, I don't really know how that works. You know, uh, but... When, when that's what's going on, I, I don't know that me just trying to do right by cats and someone else going, that's a good idea, I agree with you. I don't think that makes someone a cult. I'm not over here showered with fucking gifts and women. <laughs> like, I think that's what cult leaders get, right? I don't get any of that shit. You know? Um so, you know, please, like, you, you can't fucking take the, the best part of the thing away and then 
call me the negative side of things. That's total garbage. Ugh, such is life. But um, so anyway, um, you know, recently I had lost a few of my favorite chickens, um, my uh, Orpingtons, which um, Camilla was my first. I think I may have told the story of her. If not, I, I'm just going to leave it out because, uh, again, I'm trying to push in toward the positive, but there is always little negatives. Uh, it's just part of life. It's just, we got to fight through these negatives to get to the positives. And it's what I'm attempting to do on a regular basis. I just wish the negatives would give me a fucking break for a minute uh, so I could build a little momentum in the right direction. Um, so I, uh, I lost couple really important girls it brought my chickens down to i have four adult chickens now um out of my initial group um so i uh i decided i'm gonna go the route of chicks i did my research um because the thing is is if you're buying chickens as adults you're gonna get little to no selection it's gonna be very hard and expensive to build a flock of adult chickens because it's hard to find the certain breeds that you want um, unless you just want just, uh, you know, standard chickens and even that, like you got to hit the right time of year for them to have that. And then, you know, then you can, you know, get your standard, you know, brown chickens. But, um, you know, to get a bunch of the different cool breeds that I've, I've discovered over the years, including my Orpingtons that I had just lost, you really have to go chicks. And even more specifically that, than that, you have to go like one week old chicks. Um, when you go four weeks old, which is way safer, the place that I get from uh, Jersey Chickens out in the Jackson area over by Great Adventure, uh, uh, wonderful. I hate their cat policy because they have free roaming and breeding cats on their property, but they have a beautiful farm otherwise. And um, amazing care for the animals. And the chicks are top-notch. They're vaccinated for coccidia and uh, Marek's disease. Um I feel like they, they have the best quality in New Jersey that I know of. Um, so, and vast variety. So they will even recommend, they'll say, you know, we don't guarantee any of these chicks, you know, but if you want a better guarantee, you know, a better odds, you should go with our four week and old older. But if you see in that, they have a rack of, I think about six layers of different um, breeds. But in the one to three week range, they have about 20 breeds and all the coolest ones are within that 20. The ones that grow up to four weeks old are the ones that aren't picked as chicks, which the people who are really interested in those breeds scoop up all those ones when they're little. So it, it puts you into a rough category where your success and your survival rate is lower, but your selection is so much va more vast that you can really get what you sought out to get. You know what I mean? So I did the research and I got myself six chicks. Um, I have now lost two. I had replaced, okay. So started off with six chicks. Uh, out of that, um, they had told me online that they didn't have any more Polish. Uh, they were out of Polish. Um, they stopped advertising those and I really wanted a couple of Polish. Those guys are a lot more sensitive and they're not as hardy. So um, they're harder to get to survive, especially if they are that, like, one to three week range, which this one was, and it was the last one left. So they had so little of them that they stopped advertising them online. But when I got there, I said, you don't have any Polish, right? 
and they said, oh, actually, we have one. And I said, oh, okay, I'll take her. So I took her, but I could tell from the start she was just, like, weaker than the others and just wasn't as, like, go get it. And these fucking things are savages, you know? When they get, like, I mean, as soon as they get some, like, speed under them, they, I mean, they kick ass. They hop over each other. They flip each other up in the air. They'll fight over, like, one hole in a feeder that has eight fucking holes in it. Like, they're just fucking <laughs> birds are savages. And um, they start young as shit. So she just... She didn't make it, and that she didn't even make it tonight. Um, so then after that, um, was this now three days ago? Um, so not last night, the night before, I had um, the lavender Orpington that I got. She was only one week old. She was one of the ones that they said she's one week old. So I said, all right, she's the smallest in the crew, and I'm watching everybody else get more and more charged up, and they're fucking, like, shot out of a cannon. They're going back and forth from their uh, brooder plate, and they're zooming out and fucking eating and flipping each other all over the place, and they're running back in there, charging up. I call that, like, their fucking charging station, because they go under there, they get their heat, and then they come flying out like nothing can stop them, and then they got to go charge up after a bit. Um, but um, you could tell, like, they were all advancing super fast and she was just kind of creeping along and last that two nights ago she was getting like trampled she was like on her side and um just like flattened and then i'd pop her up on her feet and she'd walk around um she wasn't like running but she was walking around and uh she'd go over and eat and she'd drink some water but if i left them with her or if i left her with them they'd smash her and I'd come back, and she'd be on her fucking side. So I built a thing out of cardboard that separated that heat plate so she had her own separate section. And then I kept her in there so she can rest. And then every hour I'd go in, I'd fucking take her out. I'd let her go eat, drink some water. i put a little food on the, uh, on, on the inside of that, but I didn't want to put the water close to the heat. And then uh, too much humidity, all that. But um, so I would I would keep doing that. I move her back and forth, and she went through the whole fucking day um, two days ago. So I'm not even sure what today is. Today is fucking Thursday. So this must have been like Monday, I want to say. Um, so oh, and after we lost the Polish, we decided to go back on Sunday and get two more uh, just chicks. Uh, so we got a um, uh, golden cuckoo bar and uh, Opal Egger. So we figured we would bump it to seven, which would give us that buffer, so I, that way if we did lose one, we would still be at six, because we are running the risk, you know, getting these one-week-old chicks. So um, we got the two, and then, then I encountered all of this with the uh, Lavender Orp, which kind of confirmed what I had already done. Um, so she stayed strong the whole Tuesday. Yeah, the whole Tuesday, she was strong. I, I kept moving her back and forth. She was doing good. She was up. If she went down, I could even, like, at, at, by the end of Tuesday, I could just be like, get up. Get up, girl. And she'd just pop up, like, all right, fucking let's go. And then she'd dive in the food. And, you know, she was doing great. Um, but when I woke up yesterday, she was down. And she was down and not strong at all. And I, I got a... um. I got the poultry cell, and I tried to boost her vitamin intake, and which I, I had already been doing in their water anyway, but, like, I tried, like, the higher, like, more concentrated just to boost booster because she was clearly dying. And uh, we just we just lost her um, yesterday. So 
Um, Nina's talking about maybe going to get another lavender um, tomorrow because she's going to be in that area. So I said, look, if we do, that's just going to be a last last one we add on and make sure that it's at least two to three weeks old because the, the one week old is definitely not going to survive in our now. Now these guys are probably at least three to four weeks old, and some of them are just fucking monsters. Like, they're they're just, I mean... Little or not, like they they run full speed and just truck other chicks. Like if they, if they're in their way, they're just like get the fuck out of here. I'm I'm going. Um, so I got a good little uh, future flock building here. Um, you know, and uh, I'm just very excited about that. I'm trying to invest the best I can with the the last of my funds. Um, or that was my plan is to invest the best that I can with the last of my funds so that way I can just set myself up to take care of what I have here and not really want for anything, not really need anything, and just take care of my, my pets, my plants, and just live in a beautiful world here. But it's it's the other finances that makes things very difficult. You know, the, the bits that I am spending on these type of things are things that greatly improve my positivity and my happiness, but doesn't really make a huge dent when it comes to paying a bill you know i mean it, that's usually a way larger and more consistent fee where if i spend a little little amount of money on a one-time thing that will bring me a long time of happiness it's very worth the investment so that's that's what i've been trying to do things um certainly not spending every time i can to make myself happy or anything to that extent that's that's crazy but i had to get my chicks and i had to get my plants uh, Plant-wise, I got fucked, too, um, because so when I pulled my plants out of my yard, my, my bulbs, caladium bulbs, I had uh, obtained, I had bought at least over $500 worth of bulbs over the past couple of years. And I would bring them in in the winter, put them in my laundry room in Rubbermaids with peat moss, uh, and put them back out in the, and bury them back in the spring, and my yard was popping last year. Well, because I had to go in for cancer surgery and I knew I wouldn't be able to do that a month later, I had to do it like a month early. And it was like October 1st or 2nd. My surgery was the second. It was definitely the second or, or later because it was like the day, uh, the day before and the day before that, I was doing nothing but in a sideways rainstorm with wind everywhere and shit. Um, I had to uproot all of those bulbs, like I said, over $500 worth of bulbs between caladiums, elephant ears, dahlias, and uh, canas. And I had to unearth all that shit as well as wrap my whole 20-foot by 16-foot chicken pen for the winter because I was going in for surgery and I couldn't fucking do it. Well, doing that and putting them in my laundry room as I normally did because I did it so early and we had a mild winter on top of that, those bulbs stayed warm for too long and they fucking disintegrated. Like pretty much every bulb I have disintegrated. So yeah, that's that. Um, so it's been a lot of fun um, doing everything I can to scrape together. Now I'm going to have to try to patch together within a very small amount of money. Um, just what I can grab at Walmart, is, you know, caladium bulb wise to try to, patch it in so that way I can still, again, invest into my yard and continue to take care of it, and things will be a nice place to be all the way until the fall, late fall. Um, why is my phone not turning on? Oh, there it is. Um, all right. So that that's the plants thing, um, doing what I can. 
Let's talk some basketball. Fucking um, Lakers and the Heat are both in their uh, respective finals games and um, conference finals. And uh, the Heat are just fire right now. Like, Jimmy Buckets is, is too much for everybody. They are asleep. They, before yesterday's game, that by the way, the Heat blew the fucking Celtics out after being down big. They were down big, came back to beat the Celtics big. So that's outscoring because you were down, came back, and beat them big. That's, you know. Um, but, you know, before last night's game, there were odds makers giving the Heat 3% chance of winning the finals. Like, come on, guys, that's fucked. 3%? There's four teams left. 3%? Jimmy's having a historically fucking great playoff run. These people are wowed by him every time he comes out there. And and 3%? Y'all stupid as shit for this. Fuck the Celtics. Um, On the other side, the Lakers, man, like, they got to lock in. They got to really lock in. I think tonight's going to be their night. Um... And if they pull that that home or that away win before they go back to L.A., I feel really good about this series. Uh, There's a lot of big things that they can do. I think um, A.D. has to play big through the whole fucking series. That that, uh, Nuggets team is way too big and strong to play small guys. Uh, Russell's going to have to get fucking bench. Hachimura's got to be in there because he controlled um, Luka, um, not Luka, um, Joker's movement way more than anybody else did. So he's got to be a key part of that, that defense. He, he did better defending um, Joker in the fourth quarter than fucking anybody else on the Lakers did in three quarters. So that's got to be the move, and we got to just keep making it difficult on him. And I, and I think um, LeBron's got to step up big in this game because he, he missed some clutch shit down, down the stretch. Three-pointer that would have tied the game in the fourth quarter with like two minutes left. And then when they scored on the other end off that miss, that was it. That it just it just kept going downhill, and that was the end of the game. They couldn't get back, but they had the opportunity to bam tie that game. The thing is too is AD needs to be able to crash that glass because he's not getting the rebounds. He's not like he had 40 points last game, but he got out rebounded heavy. So he's he's got to win those rebounds because that's going to keep Joker from doing what the fuck he needs to do. You know. Uh, we got to control the glass, got to be way fucking stronger. And from there, I think the Lakers could beat anybody. If they play that, that legit game, unselfish basketball, and Russell's got to be unselfish and, and take the fucking seat for that. He'll be in the game. He ain't going to fucking start if they want to win, you know? Um, so we'll see. And if they lose him in a free agency, you lose him in a free agency. Who gives a fuck? Got to win this fucking title. Um, John Morant is stupid motherfucker. And I feel terrible watching it because it's like you see a kid who is so fucking special, so fucking special on the court. This dude is, I mean, just a a highlight reel. Every time he takes the court, man, we just finished playing the fucking Grizzlies. And the biggest threat on that fucking court at all times was John Morant. He was everywhere, fucking everywhere. This dude is, is worth so much fucking money, it's ridiculous. And his fucking favorite thing in the world is to run around with guns and, and film it on Instagram. You know, people need to stop fucking lifting jerk-offs up and allowing them to fucking be this way. You know, it's like, 
there there are so many people that will go out of their way to defend Ja because they think that's part of the culture is to to defend bad behavior based on skin tone, which is ridiculous because as a whole, anybody's race, anybody's group, anybody's party, anybody's anything would get better based on good actions. And if you looked around and said, hey, we don't agree with that, we wouldn't do the shit he's up to, well, then at least it doesn't allow it to be normalized and protected by people who who think they're doing right, but they're really not. And and I just I feel terrible to see that. I, I don't I don't want to see him fail that way. I don't got no love for the Grizzlies, and then, I mean now that fucking uh, Dylan Brooks is off the team, I don't have any hate for him either. But John Morant's a special player. He's one of those guys you love to watch. And he's just too busy doing dumb shit. So he's going to ruin his career. He's totally, if he doesn't cut this shit out, he's going to ruin his career. He keeps taking, quote, unquote, responsibility for his actions and then doing this shit again. Fuck out of here. He's on some dumb shit. And he's not a thug. He's a thug by choice, not by necessity. He's a thug because he can own any gun and he's got a bunch of people that will legitimately kill you for him. But not because he was from the hood and he was banging since day one and this and this. He's like a paid thug. Like, he's, like, paying. What what normal fucking rich people do is they just pay security to protect them. Instead of being like, I protect me with the gun and then they got guns and then they got guns and we're just hanging with guns. And it's just like, that's the lame-ass way to protect yourself when you can't afford security. That's that's that fucking street shit where like yeah we're just gonna run in there and you we all got our shit on us and that's it and it's like why would you want to live that fucking life you could have motherfuckers in suits you could choose the color these motherfuckers wearing while they walk around with you <laughs> like yo hey crew we wearing we wearing purple out there today all right boss stay out there strapped up fucking purple. Yeah, I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, you got that type of money, you could do any fucking thing you want. And when you choose blatant stupidity, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's a shame. All right. Um, all the other wrestling shit that I wanted to get into was this uh, Brett, Brett Lauderdale um, assault that's happening lately. First, I want to talk about Alex Cologne. Um because this is the thing, man. I'm going to start this off, and I just want to make this very clear before I start talking, because I am Team Desert Eagle on this. Um, but uh, Brett, Brett Lauderdale is a cocksucker, and he always has been. All right? Let me make that very clear to you. This is not a this is not someone who's supporting his, his uh, ways at all. Now, now let's go. So, <clears throat> Alex Cologne... Um, the same guy who recklessly cut my arm open and then a few weeks later was in the skate zone throwing fucking um, tack strips around like he didn't give a fuck about the crowd. You know, you, you would think it would at least imprint just long enough to not throw tack strips outside of the ring, but not Alex. Um, as I've mentioned in, in the past, I really think that Alex is just visibly stupid. Like, I think when you look at his eyes, he just looks dumb. He looks like a dog, like a lab that you squeak the ball, and he just cocks his fucking head and looks at you. That, that's the look in his eyes when I see him. Um, so, you know, you can only blame him so much for his actions because he just doesn't know better. 
You know, he just he just wasn't well trained. Um, and you could take that in any way you want. You could say by DJ because that's where the fuck he came from, or you could say just in life. Um, so I recently, I guess a couple months ago, um, his girlfriend, wife, whatever the case is, came out publicly and said that they're scared of him. His child is scared of him doesn't like spending time with him while he goes out there and says his kids his life and this and this the child is scared when he's around he's mean to everybody all the time verbally abusive constantly you know this this is the shit that they were they were saying and he goes like yeah i'm gonna step away from wrestling now because this shit is coming out it's not true but i'm out and like I don't know. I mean, that's a weird route to take. So then all of a sudden, he comes out of nowhere, and I don't know, like, exactly what triggered this. Again, like, you know, I, I'm not on 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 the beat with the fucking deathmatch bullshit. A lot of times, uh, I follow this one kid who, who I honestly, I got to tell you, like, I'm not a fan, um, but I know he, he's going to throw a lot of the drama around on uh, Twitter. But he has weird morals, you know what I mean, where he, he calls people out for abusing women when, like, there's no proof of it, and then supports Steve Austin like it's his father, you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. Um, I don't I don't believe in those things. Um, double standards. And, you know. But anyway, um, so he comes out of wherever the fuck he comes out of and starts railing against fucking Brett Lauderdale for all the disrespect and he paid him a dollar more than a uh, dollar more than uh, John Wayne Murdoch and and then Brett is like well yeah like I mean I just wanted to do it as a symbol because like you were that special to me like I pretty much paid the deathmatch guys the same but I wanted to even if I just put you up by a dollar I would want you to know that, like, yo, you're just fucking that that guy. You know? He put Alex over in more tournaments than is ever good for fucking business because Brett Lauder doesn't know how to book a fucking uh, uh, a storied wrestling company. He knows how to book super shows. He knows how to book super cards for sure. He doesn't know how to book a fucking storied wrestling company. There's been a handful of stories that meant anything in wrestling, and, and most of them involve Nick Gage because Gage has that following. So without Gage's massive following, Cardona Gage and fucking um, RSP Gage, that's pretty much all you got. Like, I, I don't know, Zandig and fucking Janela for a minute. Like, what what else did you guys really do that had a lot of momentum and story behind it? I don't think much. So anyway, um, like, he, he just can't, he can't book that shit to make sense, you know? So when you just see Alex go over, Alex go over, Alex go over, Alex go over, and it just... It just doesn't stop. It doesn't, like, doesn't give me any chance to, like, guess what might happen next because it's all fucking obvious. So, um, he goes over in a bunch of tournaments. Um, he flies into Japan. And I don't know, you know, I don't know who paid for what or what. But, you know, he opened up the opportunity for, you know, GCW working with Japan. And uh, Alex Cologne made his way to Japan, his, his lifelong dream. Uh, he solidified himself as one of the best deathmatch wrestlers in the world based on the platform he was given by GCW. Because you have to think about what was the alternative for Alex Cologne. CCW is a dead and buried. I don't give a fuck what DJ or 
um, any anybody out there says they're they're not a fucking thing. Um, Ian Rotten, eh, not really a thing. Um, even less of a thing than than DJ at the minute. Um, but uh, Danny Donato. So so, do you think that if Alex picked Danny in that situation, stayed with Danny, like he'd have the opportunities that he had with Brett? Do you think winning every fucking match he ever fucking wrestled in ICW would mean anything to fucking anybody? No. It wouldn't. Um, ICW is not on the level of GCW. They never will be. It just won't be. I mean, you you can't expect it to. You're being delusional if you think it is. So now, and from what I understand, Alex Colon's book for XPW, um, that, that is something... But that's only going to go as high as Rob can go. And Rob can only go so high because he's putting over guys that are, like, sticking needles in their dicks and 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 kids were in the building. And then, you know, like, there's a lot of just dumb shit going on. And, you know, there's only so long. The drugs in the locker room, same thing with ICW and all this shit. Like, it's going to come crashing down. So... Alex just kept talking about disrespect and disrespect and disrespect, and I don't know what level of fucking respect that you expected out of Brett fucking Lauderdale. You were you were the the staple guy in the deathmatch portion of a now multifaceted company, and you were put over left and fucking right and brought to places that you always wanted to work. I'm sorry they held you down so badly, Alex. You should have got more more what. More fucking, what expectation do you have to get out of deathmatch wrestling? Like what? I, I don't know. So I don't know what his fucking problem is, but again, like it seems weird that it just like stemmed out of him leaving wrestling because a chick said that his kid hates him. And then, which isn't me saying his kid hates him because I don't know his fucking kid. I don't know his wife. I don't know nobody. But all I know is his fucking wife is on the internet saying your kid fucking hates you. Or his girlfriend or whatever, ex, whatever, fuck. So, take that for what it is, but now he's like the guy that can't work anywhere. And, oh, XPW books anyone, so here he is. And it's like, oh, now he's on some fuck Brett shit. I don't know. Um, Kyle the Beast. I don't, I, that'll be the last time I call him that. Um, Kyle is soft as fuck. Um, he is big. He is strong. And he is soft. This guy, when I first started going to GCW at the same time, they had the JCW still running. Uh, I think it was JCW. Yeah, it was JCW, then it turned into GCW. So JCW was still going, so they had that going on. Uh, Jersey All-Pro had a little stuff going on still. Uh, Kyle the Beast started being used a bunch, and it was definitely a staple of that um, JCW, GCW stuff, right? So he came in, and and his gimmick was fucking weird. No one ever understood his gimmick amongst the people I would talk to. It was like his face paint, and then they'd say he's from the woods. And then he'd come out, and a lot of times he'd have a walking stick, but then he was really strong, so why'd you need a walking stick? And he never really hit anybody with it, I don't think. I don't think that was, like, a big part of his thing, is using it as a weapon. It was just, like, part of his entrance. And I don't know what the fuck, man. He would do some crazy feats of strength in the ring. He was a, he was an okay worker. He wasn't the best in the world, but he wasn't bad at all. 
Um, he definitely had some impressive skills that would get him over in matches. And, again, the strength was really um, one of the things they spotlighted. Well, they made him a GCW champion. All I think he was the first champion, whatever the fuck. Because this gave you a strong guy who was, you know, not really scared of doing an occasional little uh, barbed wire board or, a, you know, not a deathmatch guy, but was, eh, you know, can kind of stay on the edges of it while still being a credible heavyweight champion because you're a big guy, you throw people around. We're going to build around this guy. No one else is using him, obviously. When it comes to shit like that, you're talking about a cheap booking because we're still on the, the ground level. We're not really built up as a main event star. We're just making him our star, right? So that's how I see Kyle the Beast when I come in there. Well, he kind of stays exactly where the fuck he is. Like, he doesn't really advance. He doesn't really go any better, any further. And at some point or another, they bring in Shane Mercer. Well, Shane Mercer's a better worker. He's stronger. His feats of strength are even more impressive. And he just seemingly has more form. So now they team him up as a tag team. But, and again, I'm just going to take a complete guess here and say that because I don't know shit about their finances, and even if I'm wrong on this, just consider, like, the um, the tone that I'm, I'm setting. Well, just say that Shane Mercer was getting paid more because he had to come in from Indianapolis, where this guy's right here from New Jersey. I think he's from Indianapolis. I don't know. Towards Ian Land. He has to come in from out there, so even if you gave him a couple more bucks for travel, right, you would think maybe he's getting more. I don't know. So now all of a sudden when you team these guys up, does there become a conversation where, um, like, hey, I should be making what my partner's making? And then maybe maybe the, the wheels start moving and go like, hey, um, you know what, I, I pretty much get the same pop if I just have Mercer as I would if I booked both of these guys, and now i got to fucking pay him twice for the same one strong guy pop. So you know what, like, maybe I don't have a spot for him this month because I just saved money on that, you know? Like, shit like that starts to make sense because he has an advance. And actually, we later on learned, too, that um, from the woods thing is like a silly little weed reference that he decided to weave in there as an inside joke for himself and his friends. Well, you don't take this shit seriously. You have fucking face paint and you're from the woods. And, and what the fuck is all of this? You know, like, so... um. Yeah, he just he just didn't go forward. No one would consider him to be a top guy. So even as world champion and whatever you did with your run, you didn't come out of that top guy. You didn't come out of that being booked into all sorts of TV deals and shit because no one saw you as that guy. The only one who did was Brett Lauderdale or Danny DeMond or whoever put you in that top spot. So consider that to be what it is. Now, he then goes on to talk about Lack of respect, lack of respect. I was disrespected, disrespect, disrespect. And, like, he's being vague and vague and vague. And then, like, the few things that he does say, he's like, Brad Lauderdale shook my hand with two fingers. It's like, well, first off, he's a douche. Second off, like, you tolerated that. You didn't fucking, like, he didn't stick his two fingers out. You didn't knock his fucking hand down and be like, shake my fucking hand like you respect me. And then he'd probably do it from that on, that on forward, or he wouldn't even attempt it. But if you're going to just allow finger handshakes for your fucking GCW career, and then when it falls apart, going, you didn't shake my hand right. Like, bro, what the fuck is going on? You're a beast, right? What the fuck? I told Brett Lauderdale that I'd beat his fucking ass at TOD one year. Because he was talking all this shit, and he was starting rumors saying I beat my girl and all this, which was 
completely false and against what I'm about. Clearly, I've talked way too much about women abusers on this show to be one of them. That's That would be weird to me. Um, but, yo, like, I, I said that shit to his face, so why, why the fuck? I, countless wrestlers have punched Brett Lauderdale, smacked Brett Lauderdale, kicked Brett Lauderdale. Stories are fucking on and on and on. But again, like I'm not I'm not promoting violence. I'm just saying, like, why why is this the way we're finding out about this? Not like Burt Lauderdale got his two fingers broken by Kyle the Beast because he tried to shake his hand like he was a fucking peasant. You know what I mean? Like that's what we should have heard. Oh, I thought you were giving me your hand, and when I grabbed it, I looked down and I squeezed and I just snapped you. I'm sorry, dude. I, I didn't mean to pop your fingers out like that. You know, that's what he should have fucking fuck him. If he's being arrogant or something and that's the vibe you're getting, fuck him. I mean, but, okay. So he didn't shake your hand right. And the other thing is, is I drove people to the airport and picked people up and fucking got, fucking brought them to get food into their hotels and stuff. Yeah, so then you're a mark. You didn't take your talent fucking, you didn't take your talent seriously, so why should anybody else? You see it as contributing to the company, and I completely understand why you did, because that was your intention. But what it's seen as, through anybody, is, oh, Kyle will fucking drive him, or wherever his fucking real name is. Hey, Kyle will fucking drive him to the fucking airport. Get Kyle to bring there. Tell Kyle to bring you to the fucking chicken spot over there, too, because you got to get some food. You know what I mean? We don't got shit at the venue, so just get him to, you know. Yeah, t- yeah fucking, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, shit like this happens... How are you going to be respected as a top guy? Any other top guys making fucking food runs that you're seeing? You seeing anybody else standing at the fucking airport with a sign and shit? You top guys? No, bro. You didn't treat yourself like a top guy. So now you're mad that no one else did. This is where, this is where people get fucked up. And, and again, no one else said, oh, fucking Kyle, Kyle's a free agent now. Now he's our champion. No, no one else thought that about you. And you didn't advance. You didn't make your gimmick into anything. You're still the guy with the fucking face paint and like, oh, I could do strong stuff. Yeah, you and fucking 20 other guys. And now you got a chip on your shoulder and you're mad at Brett Lauderdale for not treating you right, which, again, it's fucking Brett Lauderdale. Are you mad at the fish for swimming? You know, what the fuck is going on? I, I can't take it anymore. So that's why I'm Team Desert Eagle on that shit. What did you expect, number one? Number two, you got more opportunities out of this guy than anybody else on the planet could have ever fucking afforded you because it's not anybody else's lane. It's th- This lane is fucking tiny. Y'all, y'all act like this is a four-lane highway, and there ain't shit. There, ain't, there might not even be a shoulder on this fucking lane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no passing, no, no none of that shit. What kind of shit, bro? One-way street with one lane, cars parked on both sides. You got to be careful. That's what the fuck the deathmatch scene is as far as I'm concerned. I don't see where you have this wide-open fucking lane. Oh, I could take my talents elsewhere. Shit. <laughs> you better move to fucking Japan if that's what you're talking about because fucking... <laughs> you banking on Rob Black? Yeah, okay. All right. Um. So, yeah, then... um. Just the other thing I want to talk about is Drake. Um, Drake, Drake announces retirement, and you know, it comes in you know it comes in a couple levels because listening to his speech, it was definitely touching. You know, what touched me more than anything else is that 
he was talking about the people who died and shit. You know, the Trents, the the Justice Pains, the Nate Hatreds, the the list goes on and on, man. Like so many of those people that I sat there and watched are dead. And when you watch somebody who's been there next to those people performing and he made it through addiction and came out the other side of that, went into the WWE and I think that the the opinions and, and shit that he stands on a lot of times is fucking nuts. I think all that Trump cult shit is fucking nuts and I stand my ground on that. But I think beneath whatever is said in, in this and that context, um, Drake's a good guy. I mean, I, I don't think Drake's a, a, a terrible person. I think, you know, standing against a woman's rights is a bad thing. However, I don't think that Drake himself has, has hurt a person doing that. I mean, sure, you could put it in the grand scheme of things and saying that, like, oh, well, you know, if you eat a hamburger, you're part of the, the reason why animals are dying. Yeah, but, like, if you stopped it, they weren't going to stop doing it either. You know what I mean? They weren't going to kill one less tomorrow if you and five friends stopped eating meat. They're totally not going to take less animals' lives. It's going to take generations of that building to the point where it's like entire states don't eat meat. And then, then you can talk about, well, now the the population on the farmlands are, are cut down and not, you know, produced as, as much, you know, in, in the factories, the meat factories and all of that stuff. Um, there's so many terrible things going on, but it's like, you know, what what can your impact do? I mean, teach their own. And if you take that, that stance, that's great, you know. I mean, do whatever you want to do. Put passion in whatever you want to do. I mean, you can see he's passionate about something. Um, getting all riled up about shit like that, though, you know, isn't my lane. It's not, you know, I, I can't understand someone that goes into a church and be like, I'm here to worship God, but I need to know how you stand on this before we even start fucking praying. And he, he literally did that shit. So I don't understand that part of Drake, and I'll never understand that part of Drake. But I can understand the good part of Drake where I could talk to that dude as someone who wishes you the best, and, and you kind of feel like he means it. You know what I mean? You, you feel like he's a regular dude. You could see what the wrestling business meant to him. You could see how all in he went, even coming back to deathmatch wrestling, which I don't understand, you know, to, to take that fall from grace from the WWE to... Um, you know, where he was and then just be like, I'm going all in for Rob Black at XPW Wrestling and he fucking did. I mean, he really balled the fuck out in there. If you watch nothing else from XPW in this little run they're having, uh, go go check out all the Drake Younger matches in that in that run because he really tore it the fuck up. He tore it up a Schlack, he tore it up a Big Joe, he tore it up a lot, Eric Ryan. I mean, he, he really... Uh, um, fucking um arrow boy i mean this dude really uh he solidified you know what deathmatch wrestling was because he put all the wrestling into the deathmatch it wasn't just deathmatch i think there's a big difference between deathmatch wrestling and deathmatches and deathmatches could have be all that hack and slash and smash 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 no selling no nothing this guy worked full-on wrestling matches with glass involved you know what i mean and um you know, I, I always um, appreciated his efforts in that, you know. So, you know, following seeing this, too, I even um, I refriended him on Facebook and sent him a nice message and everything because I do wish him well in the future. I do wish him well and his family well. 
And um, it's just the positivity that I'm looking to have. I don't need to fucking stand next to you with your political push or your this or your that. You know, to just be like, yeah, I think that's a good guy. You know? And uh, if I start to feel a different way about anybody, I can make a move. I'm not locked into any of these decisions as far as who I associate with or who I'm going with or who, who I'm what, you know, I mean, like I, I'm, I'm rocking on my morals and that's, that's it alone. And, and at this point, like I told you, I'm, I'm really, really making the things that make me feel good a priority and um, responsibly, of course. I mean, you know, I have a family and animals and a house and I, I do this with all of, all of the right things in mind. It's not a matter of me, um, you know, putting my own wants and needs above anybody else's or in front of anything that, that matters. It's me taking that as a very um, necessary part of life in order for me to thrive, in order for things to go uh, upwards in a positive direction. So I'm going to keep pushing out positivity. I started adding my um, my um, Monday motivations that I've been putting on TikTok for the past couple of months. I started adding those to YouTube because... Now, why not? Fucking why not? Let's just add all the positivity as, as we can and and just soak that shit in. The more positive we put out, the more positive it's going to come back. That's how I feel. You know? And, you know, you can see how I explore this whole mental process and everything that goes into it on, on my, my Monday motivations and stuff. Um, I really, really appreciate you guys supporting. Um you know, going out, just just even watching and sharing my videos and and listening to this podcast and sending nice words. That, to me, in itself is support. I mean, obviously, financially, I'm fucked up. So I absolutely appreciate that, that support. And I've gotten a few people that have sent me something. And, and, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just a little bit here or there. Whatever it is, it, it just it means a world of difference because it's, it's you feel like you're not alone. Um you feel like, you know, you're doing the right thing. It validates that all the positive that you are putting out does does come back. It does it does find its way back to you where people want to do good for you because they can see your genuine nature in wanting to do good, you know, um, which is hard because the more life beats you down, the more you want to be negative about it and be like, fuck everybody. And I lived that for a long fucking time. And... I got to the point, you know, when I hit this cancer, that everything became different. That shit became so much clearer that I, I have no choice but to live an entirely different life. Entirely different. So, you know, there, there's all my morals that I stand on, but I, I have a different level of commitment to my beliefs. Uh, as, as strong as I was on my beliefs before, imagine tenfold, because that's that's where they have to be at this point. You know, when you see that, like, any given day that you can get bad news, I haven't had my six-month scan yet, you know. Um, I'm not wishing any ill will on that six-month scan, but I don't currently know that my body is clear of, of that. You know, I I have to wait for my insurance to cross over to state insurance because of the job, and then I have to go to the doctor again, and I have to go to the, uh, what do you call it, um, get the, the CT scan, which I already have ordered, but I can't get it done without insurance, or it'll cost me a fucking grand. I have fucking at least 2500 in doctor bills from going to the hospital and having that part of my colon removed, and that 2500 I was hoping to be able to pay back 
right out of my tax return. I ended up having to turn around and put most of that tax return into my mortgage because fucking funds stopped in March. You know what I mean? So it changed what I was planning on doing and trying to wipe this debt clear real quick. And now it's the point where, you know, you're getting the fucking collection notices and shit. And it's like, oh, great. That's like, yeah, let me just produce that money because I don't know how I'm paying a fucking mortgage in, you know, a handful of days. So, yeah, yeah, you're not getting paid just yet. And that's just part of, you know me trying to find my way to the next step. And again, like if I'm able to get this Lincoln financial shit kicked back to me, I'll take fucking two, you know, uh, 2,500 of that nine and just wipe those bills clear. And then start from there is what I have to do whatever else I can do. But that's still, you know, that's still, um, a set amount of money. That's not a, you know, that's not an income. That's not any kind of thing. I need different things to open up. I need different windows and doors to open up and be able to um, really use my talents to the best of their abilities when I am cleared to work and be able to, you know, I, I would love to travel and do seminars with the things that I've learned over the years through animal welfare. Um, I, I, there's so many things I would love to do, um, but I just don't know where to start. I don't know where, uh, I don't know where it's all going to take me, but we're going to find out for fucking sure. And, um, I'm just going to keep trying to just keep pushing, you know, keep doing this shit all the ways I can. Um, like I said, uh, I usually put the, I get the Venmo on there. Um, I don't know if it's on there at the moment or if you know it or whatever, but hit me up if you don't. Um, shoot you a little fucking link thing if you need it. Um, I, I don't know, guys. Like I said, I'm I'm struggling hard as fuck. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a daily battle, but I consider myself to be winning, and I think that's the most important thing is as long as, you know, you're you're winning the grand scheme. You're winning the war. The battles are win and lose. You know, those are you win some, you lose some. You figure it all out at the end. So uh, that's pretty much what I got. I think, um, like I said, support me all the ways you can, guys. If you don't, you don't. I understand, and I know where we're at. You know, some people have things that they're not able to help, and that's fine. Some people, you know, they turn their back pretty hard, and and that's fine too. But again, it's all. It's all understood, you know, from whatever perspective it needs to come from, it's, it's understood because the, the way that I'm living life is not to, not to be holding grudges or, or holding negative things as something that I'm going to continue to, um, give energy to, you know, give energy to, and really, um, power, you know, cause the more, the more weight you put to shit, the more you dwell on shit that people say, which, you know, that shit affects me heavily. I wish I, I could say I'm strong enough to not let this shit bother me. It bothers me greatly. But as long as my intent is to push in the positive direction, I'm already starting out at a better stance than I had. So that's what it is, guys. Um, I'm going to get the fuck up out of here. Got my Lakers on tonight. Let's fucking go. Where's my homie? Uh, fuck is the outro? By the way, in case you forgot. I think wrestling is for fucking retards. Yeah. Um, outro right here. All right. Talk to y'all motherfuckers later. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say.
I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide it. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The truth I can't wait, yo. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.